Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. God bless you. Have we lost our connection with God? Kingdom living is at the core of Jesus' teaching. This principle takes most of us almost a lifetime to realize and understand. Jesus is not about my being good so I can get into heaven and avoid hell. He's not about a desert devotion that will make me more spiritual. He's about living a kingdom life here and now to the honor and glory of God. Jesus spoke more about the kingdom of God in his teaching than about any other topic. Unfortunately, the phrase kingdom of God has little significance in today's vocabulary or life direction. We must constantly remind ourselves about what this kind of direction might mean for our own lives. One of the most difficult and yet most important aspect of kingdom living has to do with the simplification of life. We must learn to let go of some of the attachments to life. One writer suggests that to pray and really mean thy kingdom come, we must be able to say, my kingdoms go. <laughs> he says that most Christians split their loyalties between God and Caesar. And you know, he may be right. Furthermore, letting earth's kingdoms go is not easy especially in a highly charged and ever-frenzied, get-ahead, consumer-driven world. And if we do let go, how do we manage to pay off consumer debts, student loans, and mortgages that come due regularly? How do we manage utility bills, car payments, and dress appropriately for church? Ha, ha, ha. How do we compete on behalf of our own children with the parent who offers his or her child a birthday party with 25 kids at Chuck E. Cheese? How do we assist others to move in this direction without sounding overly pious and totally out of touch? How do we live a kingdom life when the phrase make America great again seems to really mean make every American rich? How do would-be followers of the master remain creatively faithful to kingdom living? Do we realize that living simply is the way most people have lived since the beginning of humanity? We who live in the most prosperous and affluent time in human history have all kinds of problems recognizing this fact. The only answer may be to try to model some smaller examples a simply observance of Christmas in 2022? Mm, think about it. A process that is disciplined 
and intentional, a practiced effort to consume less, give something away that we own frequently, wow. Knowing the difference between what I want and what I need, a determination to spend some small but significant blocks of time in works of mercy, my Lord. Think about it. Pray about it. Look to Jesus for an example and inspiration. Reread the Sermon on the Mount. Try it, even with some fear and trembling. Teach it. Preach it. Model even some small bits of this. Suggest it along the way. It may lead to a new freedom to truly live. This is exactly the case that Jesus makes and part of what he meant when he taught us to pray, thy kingdom come. This past week, the internet service was interrupted. On the first day, there was some problem in the area that affected the internet service. I was instructed to unplug everything from the router, wait a few moments, then plug it back in. I called the service to come and check it out. Everything checked out fine. The line coming in was working just fine. The router was working fine. Then the technician noticed that the plug was not in the phone was put in the phone socket and not in the internet socket. Everything was in order, but not everything was properly connected. This is something like our lives, our life. Yes, we are Christians born again and happily on our way to heaven. We believe the right things and have embraced correct doctrine. However, that something's not working in our lives. There doesn't seem to be a real connection. Things are not working. The engine is running, but we're not going anyplace. Amazing how many people will go for years and years living in this situation when all they really need to do is to switch the plug and put it in the right socket, spiritually speaking, of course. Maybe there's unforgiveness in your heart, which caused the disconnect. Mm, that's something to think about. Forgiveness is based upon the ability to accept criticism, which is probably the most difficult thing any of us could do. We all have a rather high opinion of ourselves, which hinders any significant and consistent spiritual progress in our lives. This self-centeredness keeps us from discovering the power of forgiveness in our daily walk. Daily forgiveness frees us from the spiritual debris cluttering our lives and prohibiting us from clearly seeing Christ in our present situation and living in his power. May I remind you that kingdom living is simply living under the authority, the absolute authority of a king. And our king is none other than Jesus Christ. So day by day, we are bringing our lives into harmony with him and his commands. Kingdom living is explained to us through the parables that Jesus gives in the gospel. There's a parable in the gospel of Luke, which reveals to us truths crucial to living for Christ in this world of ours. 
The focus of that parable is forgiveness, and it breaks down our sin into two parts, the potency of our sin and the power of our forgiveness. So as we embrace the dynamics of daily forgiveness, we begin to experience kingdom living as God really wants us to experience it. So the first part we're going to look at is the two debtors in that scripture, which represents the potency of our sin. In order to understand the power of forgiveness, we need to understand and appreciate the potency of our sin. Too many people underestimate the power of sin in their life. Our greatest error in this area is categorizing our sin. Not all sin is the same, according to us. This is where we have our problem. Yeah, we will admit that we have committed a sin, but it's not as bad as someone else's. And then we talk about some other sin we think is a lot worse than something we have done. We fail to realize that sin is sin. No matter how you slice it, sin will always be sin in God's eyes. Here is where the real issue is. We need to begin looking at sin as God looks at it. Now, I'm talking about Christians, not unbelievers, because the unbeliever is not able to look at sin as God looks at it. That's an altogether different perspective. But as Christians, we need to look at sin as God looks at it and view sin as God views it. We have the idea that sin is an action we do. But Jesus explains sin is that in the heart causing us to do. Again, he explained that sin is what's in the heart causing us to do. You may be able to subdue the action, but the seed of sin is still in the heart. Jesus sees no difference between the lust and the act. And when we understand sin, from God's point of view, we will, we will begin to feel towards sin as God feels toward it. One of, the things that's, one of the things this aspect of the parable is teaching us is that it takes as much of God's grace to forgive one sin as any sin. This we don't really comprehend. We believe each sin has a certain value to it. One sin is worse than another sin, and so forth. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he died once. When he died, he died for all sin. The same blood of Jesus that cleanses one sinner also cleanses another. The same blood that washes away one sin washes away all sin. Here is where Christians get into trouble. We don't believe our sin is really that bad. After all, we're going to heaven when we die, and that's really all that matters. Many of us have lost the horror of sin, especially in our own lives, and, and our, referring to our own sin. On the cross, when Jesus died, the sin that he bore was so horrific, the father had to turn his back. Sin will keep you from everything God wants you to be. God bless you. 
I will complete this part, this topic next week. Have a good day and a blessed Christmas. 